You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Today, though, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the God, how we serve a God of suddenly. Everyone say that for me. Say suddenly. Suddenly. We serve a God, a God of suddenly. When we look at Scripture, we see these like suddenly moments with God, that God shows up suddenly in the middle of a crisis or sometimes just suddenly without people even expecting it. We see it all through Scripture. And in fact, we see even just the word suddenly, it appears 87 times in Scripture. That's not, uh, that doesn't include, you know, uh, immediately or instantly, not those words, but just suddenly appears 87 times in Scripture. And the amazing thing is this, one suddenly moment with God changes everything. And this is where I hope to build your faith today in this. You may be going through a season where it seems pretty dry, where it seems like God hasn't, I haven't had a suddenly moment with God in years or a long time or maybe ever. But I pray that today as we look at scripture, you would see that a suddenly moment for you could be immediately after service today. It could be tomorrow morning. It might be a year from now, but it could be, I would just pray that your faith today would be that it could happen today. But that suddenly moment with God could happen today. And here's what I want to do is I want to look at the beginning of the story of Christmas in God's word in in Luke chapter 1. So if you brought a physical Bible, you can open it to Luke chapter 1. I'll have it on the screen for you too. But Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at a few different stories at the beginning of the Christmas story. And we see the God of suddenly show up in a pretty amazing way. But when the God of suddenly shows up, he's looking for two things. When he shows up to you and to me, and as he's always showed up, he's looking for two things. And number one is this, if you're taking notes, write this down. He's looking for people that will respond in faith. And this is the most important one. He's looking for people that when he shows up, they're not surprised that he showed up. They're expecting him to show up. And their response to him and what he has to say to them is faith. And this is what we see with Mary, the mother of Jesus, in Luke chapter 1. And so I'm just going to read part of the Christmas story and we're going to talk about how it applies to us. I'll start in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, or she was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You know, as a kid, I always wanted one of these moments to happen, like where a physical angel would show up. Uh, You know, thinking about it as a kid, I probably would have been extremely terrified, just like we see a lot of people extremely terrified. But um, how amazing, though, when we read scripture, like this is not just some fairy tale story. Like this happened to a young girl, a young girl who, who was minding her own business, and the angel of the Lord shows up in this, in this, amazing way. Let's continue reading verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Come on, somebody. That's a great message in and of itself. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man or since I have not been with 
a man. How can, how can I be pregnant? I haven't been with a man. Remember that. We're going to come back to that. And the angel answered and he said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So she had a relative named Elizabeth who was old, and she was so old that she was barren. She couldn't have any kids, and they now are into their old age, and so it's, it's like impossible for them to have kids. But she has is, she is become pregnant. And verse 37, this is so good. For with God, nothing will be impossible. When the God of suddenly shows up, he likes to remind his people, hey, I can do whatever I want to do, okay? <laughs> it may seem impossible to your small mind, but I, nothing is impossible. With God, all things will possible. And, and I'm sure as Mary is thinking about this, okay, I've never been with a man. You're saying, I'm going to get pregnant with the Son of God. And then now you're telling me that my barren relative, who's super old, is pregnant as well. Like, imagine the potential for doubt in Mary's mind. But what does God say? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let me just reassure you who I am. <laughs> Gabriel's saying, remember who sent me. Nothing will be impossible. And then verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Here's what we need to see when it comes to receiving. If you're in a, in a time in your life where you need God to show up, if you're just being honest, like I need the God of suddenly, like I need one of those moments with God. I'm desperate for one of those moments. And I think if we're honest, probably all of us do in one way or another. Like I need God, I need you to show up here. The posture to receive a suddenly moment from God is a posture of faith and obedience. We're not gonna get into this today, but one another time in the Christmas story that we see the God of suddenly show up is with the shepherds. They're in the field, minding their own business, Boom, right? Angels show up. They're singing. They have an announcement. Imagine they have a similar reaction, like, what is going on? They tell them what's going on, and the angels leave. What's the, the shepherd's response? Obedience. They say, and if you want to read the rest of the story, you can. Um, not, we're not going to do it right now, but on your own time. Uh, they say, let us go see what was just told to us. Why did the angels show up to these particular shepherds? Because they knew they would walk in obedience. They weren't the only shepherds around. There were other guys that were there. There were other people that were out there. But they said, this group will respond in obedience. And so there's a lot of times we're praying for God to move, but we have to be honest with ourselves and say, am I prepared to walk in obedience to whatever he says to do? Am I prepared to respond in faith to what he might prompt me to say, prompt me to do, or prompt me to change? What I love is this, Mary, her, one of her first questions is how. Like, how is this going to happen? I've never been with a man. And, you know, she's thinking that's impossible. Many times when God says something or we, we even sometimes we read promises in God's word that don't align with what we see in the natural, we think this is foolishness for me to believe this over what I can see in the natural realm. But the thing to remind, to remind ourselves today is this, the how is not our responsibility. Faith is our responsibility. And that's where people get hung up. Well, I want the details, then I will believe. <laughs> and even Jesus said, as he was here on this earth, he said, you seek a sign, but there won't be a sign given to you. You want the sign so that you will believe, but that's not faith. That's not faith. How is not my responsibility? If anything, that should take the burden off of me, because what do I need to do? I need to pray in faith and believe God in his word, and he says, I want to move on your behalf. 
But too many times we get hung up on, well, how is it going to happen? How is God going to meet this financial need that we have? Well, maybe he's going to do this. And we get sidetracked making our own plans so that we can almost try to make our own or meet our own need rather than, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to trust you anyway and I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep thanking you for the answer even when I don't know how it's going to work out. But it aligns with your word, so I'm going to trust it. This is where Mary was. She said how, but her how was actually very innocent. And we'll look at that in just a second. The how wasn't her responsibility, but she was curious enough to see how is that going to happen? How's that going to happen? Here's what, we, here's what I love. In Luke chapter 1, we see the opposite of this story take place. Before the angel comes to Mary, we see the angel show up to Mary's relative, to Elizabeth and, uh, and, to, and to her husband, Zacharias. Now at this point, we're going to, look at, we're going to read this story. Zacharias is, has a duty, has a job in the temple, and this is when Gabriel shows up. And if you look at it, maybe you've probably read this before, but it's identical to how Gabriel shows up to Mary. Let's read it together. It's in Luke 1, starting in verse 11. So we go back a little bit earlier into Luke 1. And it says this, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You shall call his name John, who will be John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Even from his mother's womb. And this is why scripturally as Christians we believe that of the importance of life inside the mother, right? This is why we, we, don't, we don't support abortion because even the first one to rejoice that the coming Savior was an unborn baby. We see this later in the story. The first one to rejoice. Uh, if you read it, he says that he leaped. The baby leaped in his mother's womb when he knew that Jesus was close. That's because he had the Holy Spirit. God is amazing. God is amazing. So if you ever have questions about that, there you go. It's right here in God's word. Let's get down to verse 18, though. Look at the response of Zacharias. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? Here we begin, right? Here's the natural response. How? Right? We've been barren our whole lives. Now we're super old. How is this going to happen? How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, look at this. I love the Bible. He says, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, meaning this, I'm Gabriel, who are you? Who are you to question what God himself told me to tell you? Some natural earthly being to question me with your own little mind and understanding. He says, I'm Gabriel, somebody. Like, I, don't, don't you hear what I'm saying to you? God spoke this to me to tell you. I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, who was sent to speak to you and pr- bring you these glad tidings. But behold... You will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. The God of Sunley is amazing in that even though Zacharias has doubts, God says, I'm gonna let my will take place even even in your doubts. I'm still gonna let it take place, but here's what's interesting. This is a great reminder. As I was reading this this past week, it's a great reminder for me and I think for all of us is when you're standing and you're believing God for something. They've been believing God. They've been hoping to get pregnant their entire lives. 
the most important thing that you need to guard is your mouth. The most important thing. God's word says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Isn't it interesting that the first thing that God touches when he gives Zacharias the good news, hey, you're getting your answer after all of these years, and Zacharias responds in doubt, the first thing he touches is his mouth. Why? Because he's not going to let, if Zacharias will doubt an angel in front of him and speak doubt back to him, when he walks out of that tent, out of the temple, and he goes back to his wife and to his family, he's going to continue to speak doubt. He's in the perfect moment to have zero doubt, but what does he do? He doubts anyway. And so what does God say? I refuse to let you speak death over a situation that I will to bring life. Let me say that again. I refuse to let you speak death over a situation where I will to bring life. And that's what happens with us so many times. So many times God is in heaven and his will is life for a situation or for an impossible situation or whatever. But we walk into it and all we do is we speak death over it. And we wonder, God, where are you? When God's saying, life and death are in the power of your tongue. And if you would fill your mouth with this, I can back it up and I can move on your behalf. Do you see these stories? They're not just part of the Christmas story, but it applies directly to us. It applies directly to us because I don't know about you, but there's things in my life that I'm believing for right now and I've been believing for for years that I haven't seen yet. And some days I wake up and some days I go in my afternoon and I am tempted to speak doubt. But these stories remind us of the importance of guarding what comes out of here. Life and death. But here's what's interesting. Let's compare the two. Both Mary and Zacharias, they asked how. How? But their responses are actually very different. Their questions are actually very different. Mary asked how out of belief and curiosity. Here's how we know that. Her response was, let it be done. I believe. <laughs> let it be done. Her response was, how? God, I, I believe it's going to happen. I'm just curious how you're going to do it. I, I know. I know you, just, you said it. Like, Gabriel, you said it. I know it's going to happen. I just, I, you know, if, could you let me in behind the scenes a little bit? How exactly is this going to take place? Here's Zacharias. His, his how was this. It's actually, you can translate it this way. In other translations, it is translated this way. How can I be sure this will happen? That's a totally different how. Not how is it going to happen. How can I be sure? He said, how shall I know this? The fact that God said it himself wasn't enough for him. That's a problem. That's a doubt-filled heart. To say that to Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, how can I be sure when I walk out of here that this is really going to take place? What does he do? You're going to be mute until it takes place. And luckily, <laughs> uh, eventually all that was lifted. But look at Luke 1.45. This is Mary's response. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. And here's the whole thing. Here's the whole thing. When you're believing God for a suddenly moment or for him to move in your life, there's two phrases that I like to remember, and it's simply this. Number one is this. If God said it, I believe it. That's it. <laughs> if God said it, I believe it. The second is also true. If God didn't say it, I don't believe it. 
If God said it, I believe it. If God didn't say it, I don't believe it. In order to respond in faith, though, you need to know what God said. (laughs) Because when crisis comes or when you're praying and you're believing God for something in your life that you need him to come through, you need breakthrough, but if you don't know what he said, you will listen to every lie of the enemy that comes along. And God may send an angel, maybe in a presence that you don't understand. Maybe it's not an angel that um, you can see with glowing wings and light, but it may be somebody that God sends an angel your way that looks like a human, which scripturally we see sometimes we've entertained angels and we don't know. He may send an angel your way to speak life into your life, but you respond in doubt because you don't know what God's word says. If God said it, I believe it. And I can tell you this much, if God didn't say it, I don't believe it. And when that doubt comes my way, I'm gonna doubt the devil's doubt. (laughs) I'm gonna doubt that doubt. No, I don't believe it. I believe this thing over anything. So the question is this, do you need a suddenly in your life? If so, what does scripture say? Do you even know what scripture says? If you do, good, you're on the right track. But the question is this, will you choose to believe it even when you don't know how it will happen? And that's where it's tough. God, I'm still going to believe even though I don't know how you're going to come through. Respond in faith. The second one is this, praise in the waiting. And this is where it gets tough. Because sometimes in a moment of faith, it's easy to, to pray, and it's easy to have people come around you and say, yes, that's, that, yeah, you know, surround us in prayer, agree with us in prayer. But what happens when weeks go by? What happens when months go by? What happens when years go by and you don't see the suddenly yet? Praise in the waiting. And we're gonna continue on in the Christmas story because Mary shows us what to do. Again, Luke 1, we're going to start in verse 46. This is the song or the praise of Mary. And she's actually quoting another song that's, that, that happened early on in history that's recorded. But she's, she's quoting it and making her own. And this is just a beautiful sentiment of, I just had this moment with God. Unexpected, suddenly moment with God. And here's how she's going to respond. In faith, but in praise. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation and to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Praise in the waiting. It does a lot. This reminds me of In the New Testament, we see Paul and Silas. They've been thrown in prison for preaching Jesus, and there they are, and they're in the bottom of this this prison, and they're in the lowest, they're in the depths of the prison, and what that means is this, the way these prisons were set up is that everything would funnel to the lowest part. That means uh, all waste, including human waste, and have running toilets, flushing toilets back then, everything funnels to where Paul and Silas are. Not good. 
okay? But their response was, we're going to praise and we're going to worship. Even with all this junk around us, we're going to praise and we're going to worship. When they had every excuse not to. But what happens? God shows up with an earthquake that rattles the prison, shakes and breaks the chains, breaks the doors open, and not only are Paul and Silas able to stand up and walk out if they want to, but everyone's chains around them are broken as well. When you are believing God for a suddenly moment and you choose to praise in the waiting, not only will your chains be affected, what's holding you back be affected, but everyone around you will be affected by your faith growing. Praise is a mighty weapon that too often we overlook because we don't feel like praising because it's too hard to when I don't see the answer. But praise in the waiting does a lot. I'm gonna go through these last three really quick. Praise in the waiting, it does three things. The first one is this, it builds your faith, which we all need. I have to remind myself of the goodness of God when I'm waiting for his goodness to show up in the natural. I have to, look at Psalm 27, 13 through 14. It said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. When you're in the waiting and you choose to praise, what does he say? He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness. That's what praise is. I'm reminding my heart, I'm reminding my spirit how good God is. Even if I don't see it yet, I'm reminding him. Why? Because I don't want to lose heart. Because when I lose heart, I don't get to experience the goodness of God. It builds your faith. Number two is is just, just as good. It crushes the devil's spirits. It crushes the devil's spirits. Here's what I mean by that. It takes the wind out of his sails. <laughs> he wants to come swooping into your life. When you're in the process of waiting, he wants to swoop into your life and you've been standing in faith and he wants to come in and he wants to throw all of these lies at you. Okay, but look at what Psalms 8 two, Psalm 8.2 says this. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Here's what this shows me. That the praise of children is powerful enough to make our enemy tuck tail and run. This is why in our kids' ministry, we teach kids, your kids, how to praise and how to worship. Why? Because there's no junior Holy Spirit, okay? When they receive Jesus, they got what we got, okay? He's inside them. And that's why Jesus said to have faith like what? A child. Because when they pray, when my son Gavin prays, man, he said some prayers that are anointed, And when I hear him worshiping, man, it it is anointed worship. It's powerful. It'll send the enemy tuck tail and running. You know, in kids ministry, I got my start in kids ministry and we used to have this uh, this little sketch or skit that we used to do and it was on on, uh, TV and um, there was, we we would do these puppets and we had this like devil puppet, right? And it was kind of cheesy looking, but it was to get the point across. We had this devil puppet and there he was and he was talking and he was like, he knew that um, this kid was afraid of the dark. 
And so what the devil would do is he would go and one of his little demon, these little demon puppets would come along and this little demon puppet and the devil would say, hey, go, tell, go, go to Johnny's room. He's getting ready to go to bed. Go make him afraid of the dark. Go whisper lies in his ear. Tell him that there's monsters under his, uh, you know, in, under his bed. There's, there's uh, snakes in his sheets, whatever, whatever, right? Just tell him all these lies to make him afraid of the dark. And so there this little demon would go and he would go and he'd show up in this kid's room and he would begin to tell all these lies to this kid. But we sketched it or did the skit where and wrote it where the kid would then begin to quote scripture. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I sleep peacefully at night. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. And every time this kid would say this, the, that little demon puppet would act like it was hurting him. Scripturally, it's the sword of the spirit. He was spiritually, that's what happens. He was hitting him and hurting him and he would come running and crawling back to the, the devil and the devil would say, hey, give me the report. You know, give me the report. How's it, how's it going? And he'd say, it's not good. Jimmy, sir, Johnny, whatever his name was earlier, Jimmy, will say Jimmy. Jimmy was quoting scripture. What? Yeah, he's quoting scripture. It's really bad in there. I'm too scared. Ah, you're fine. Go back. Tell him some more lies. And he would go back again. Same thing. He would come running back. And though it's a funny puppet sketch, it got the point across. Spiritually, that's exactly what happens. The enemy will come and he'll try to whisper lies in your ear. But the enemy works with cooperation. It says who he may devour. And if you'll let him, you can let him be there and whisper, ear, whisper lies in your ear all day long. But if you will praise, even in the waiting, it takes the wind out of his sails and it take, take, tells him to get on out of here. You're not welcome in our house. You're not welcome in my room. You're not welcome in my life. The third one is this. It brings peace. When I praise, it brings peace. Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Anxious thoughts come when you're waiting for the God of suddenly to move. But the best way to bring peace into your life is to exalt the Prince of Peace, to exalt him in your house and in your family. So to wrap all this up, do you need a suddenly today? If so, keep building your faith. Be prepared to respond in faith and praise him in the waiting. You know, this past year has been one of the toughest years for my family and for my wife, Leslie, and I. And some of you know our story. But um, we've, uh, we've faced two miscarriages in the last year. And we've been believing for more, more kids for six years. And so I, want, I said to say this. These types of messages, this is, I don't come up here to preach some feel-good stuff, okay? <laughs> I come up here to encourage your faith and to remind you and just show you we go through stuff just like your family goes through stuff. But at the end of the day, all I can see in here is story after story of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the provision of God and the healing of God and the promises of God and the peace of God. And so I don't know what your year was like this year. I don't know what you faced. Maybe you faced some deep heartache. I pray that this message encourages you 
because the God of suddenly shows up at unexpected times. The God of suddenly shows up sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes when you're not expecting it. But my heart today is that you would expect it today. Don't let your faith be settled for some time it might happen. How am I gonna know what's gonna happen? That's, that's the spirit of Zacharias, it's doubt. Have the faith of Mary today. God, if you said it, I believe it. And if you didn't say it, I don't believe it. Praise him in the waiting. And I promise you, God will meet you right where you're at. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Christmas and your son, Jesus. We thank you for the perfect gift that is so much greater than anything we could ever get. We thank you for loving us enough that while we were still sinners, that you chose to die for us, for our sins. Thank you. Thank you for your love. We thank you that you are good and you do good. And God, I just pray for everyone in here. I pray right now specifically for the brokenhearted, for the ones that have been waiting patiently for you to show up and answer. I pray that today you would remind us that you don't need to show up because you're already there. You're already with us and you're already for us. You're not against us. But Lord, I pray that today, this Christmas story, this peace would just encourage our faith to keep going, to expect today. And if it doesn't happen today, Lord, we're gonna expect tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, we're gonna expect the next day. We're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep our eyes fixed on you. And Lord, I pray that you would give us peace as we go. Continue to give us expectancy. Surround us with people that are faith-filled as we go. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.